Well, let's open our Bibles to John chapter 10. Last time we finished up with chapter 9, but uh, what I'd like for us to do is start our study out here by reading again the last few verses of chapter 9. Jesus had uh, healed a blind man, and then in verse 38 of chapter 9, the blind man professed his belief in Jesus. And if you're there, it says in verses 39 through 41 of chapter 9, And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, We see. Therefore, your sin remains. So this group of religious men were very pompous, and they were spending much time antagonizing Jesus. Jesus basically tells them here that their pride is keeping them from seeing the truth. If they would drop their pride and be willing to receive Jesus for who he is, they would be free from their sin. But Jesus pronounces there in verse 41 that their sin remains. Now, I'm going to do something a bit different here in this study, but let's start chapter 10 by reading verse 7. Go down to verse 7 of chapter 10, and you'll see it'll all come together here in the end. But verse 7 of chapter 10 says, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. You see, Jesus, in love and mercy and with a great deal of long-suffering, is having a huge amount of compassion on these people by continuing to show them time and time again who he really is. He never gives up on them. And even though they continue to treat him very poorly, He points out to him, to them here, that there is no other way. Jesus is the only door, and he loved them, and he continued to try and show to them who he was. He is the Savior. There is no other way. And now now going back to verse 1 of chapter 10 here. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. You see, Jesus here is emphatically emphasizing to them that he is the only one that has truly come to save and redeem the lost. Prior to Jesus, some men had come on the scene and said that they were the Messiah, but the test of time revealed the truth. And you know, since the mid-first century, there have been at least 30 men that have claimed to be the Messiah. But all of these men were and are thieves and robbers. The only way to enter the sheepfold and thereby become a child of God is by entering through faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 2, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. 
To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hears his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So Jesus here begins to give them an analogy. He uses the example of a doorkeeper. You see, in that day, a town would have a place where the sheep were kept overnight. The various shepherds would bring their sheepfold to town, and they would place their sheep in a common sheepfold. There, a man that had the title of doorkeeper would regulate which sheep belonged to which shepherd. In the morning, the shepherd would show up to get his sheep, and in verse 4, Jesus continues, he says, And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. You see, the shepherd would give a distinct call, and the sheep would follow his voice. But the key component, if you think about it, what is the key component of a person's voice? Well, the key component is words. Without words, a person's voice would be non-existent or very ineffective. And we today, we have the Word of God, our Bibles, so that we can know the voice of our shepherd, Jesus Christ. And when we study his word, it gets embedded or stamped upon our hearts, and we begin to recognize the difference between the voice of our Lord and the voice of a stranger. Today, many people are taken in by false religion because they do not know the word of God, and therefore they do not know the voice of the Lord. The word of the Lord and the voice of the Lord go hand in hand for us today. Now, verse 6 says Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Now, as you read this verse here, it would be real easy to ask the question, how dumb can these people be? Jesus seems to be giving them a very simple analogy of what he was trying to convey to them. He spoke to them in terms that they should understand, but they just didn't get it. But, in all fairness, I'd like for us to look at a reason as to why these Jews may have been rejecting Jesus. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11, two books to the right of where we are in the Gospel of John. And as you're turning there, you see, it would be very easy to form a negative opinion against these Jewish men based on the way they were treating Jesus. He's trying with all his might to reach out to them, to love them, to show them who he is. They just don't seem to get it. But here in Romans chapter 11, looking down at verse 25, we're going to start reading there. It says, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel 
until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved, as it is written, the Deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but concerning the election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For as you were once disobedient to God, yet have now obtained mercy through their disobedience, even so these also, having now been been disobedient, that through the mercy shown you, they also may obtain mercy. For God has committed them all to disobedience, that he might have mercy on all. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. You see, back there in verse 25, it speaks of the blindness that has come in part to Israel. But you know, this blindness is temporary. It will last only until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And what does that mean? Well, anyone that is not a Jew is a Gentile. And today, we are living in the age of grace. God's chosen people, to whom salvation by faith in Jesus Christ was first presented to, was the Jewish people. They are the elect. The majority, not all, but the majority of Jews have rejected Jesus as the Messiah. But we see here in Romans 11 that this too is a part of God's plan. It's all a part of God's plan. Now turn to Acts chapter 15. Acts is one book to the left, Romans, Acts chapter 15. And we're going to read verses 12 through 17. And you can study this. Uh, I really encourage you to go back and read the entire um, chapter of Acts chapter 15 and Romans chapter 11, for that matter, and your whole Bible, for that matter. (laughs) But here, Acts chapter 15, starting in verse 12, it says, Then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul, declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. And after they had become silent, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, After this I will return and and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. You see, we are living in that time where God is calling Gentiles to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus for salvation. Right now, this present age, today, the day that we're now living in, we're living in that age of grace where God is calling Gentiles to repent and to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. God is calling us Gentiles to come and be a people for his name. 
But this time, this period, this age of grace will come to an end. And when that, when that end will come, we, we really don't know. But this period of time will not last forever. Someday, at some point in time, the fullness of the Gentiles will come in. In other words, the last Gentile will be saved. But for now, the Jewish people are partly blind to the truth of who Jesus really is. James here, in verses 16 and 17, he quotes Amos chapter 9, verses 11 through 12. At this point, by rejecting the Messiah, Israel has fallen down. But now, God is rebuilding the church, and it's going to be made up of both Jews and Gentile people. Some Jewish people today are coming to faith in Jesus Christ and have been for years, and they're called Messianic Jews. But once the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, God again will focus all of his attention on Israel as a whole. You know, I heard on the radio this week a guy complaining about how there was too much media attention centered all around Israel and the Jewish people. But you're not going to change that. They are God's chosen people through whom he brought the Messiah. So don't mess with Israel. <laughs> go, go ahead and, and turn back to chapter 10. And as we study the Gospel of John, uh, Jesus is dealing with the Jewish religious leaders. But the Holy Spirit uh, uses the words of this book, our Bibles, to speak into our lives today as Gentiles, as non-Jews. The Word of God contains spiritual as well as practical applications for our lives today. Through studying it, we learn the facts about who Jesus is and how He desires for us to learn and grow in the knowledge of Him. Back in John chapter 10, verse 7, it says, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. You see, Jesus is both the shepherd that leads us and the door by which we enter into the sheepfold. I want to repeat that. Jesus is both the shepherd that leads us and the door by which we enter into the sheepfold. Keep in mind that as we have studied a few different times thus far, Jesus is every bit God and every bit man. Any other person or any religion that claims to be the way or an addition to the way is a thief and a robber. Any other person. Any other religion that claims they are the way, they are the true church, or they are an additional way, they're thieves and robbers. And the true sheep will not hear those false voices. Verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. There again, we see another very emphatic statement from Jesus proclaiming that there is no other way. 
going in there and coming out, what it says there implies that the only true freedom is found in Jesus Christ. Man-made religion equals death and bondage, but Jesus is the means to life and peace. Verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So verse 8 says, All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. And verse 10 here tells us what the result is of the work those thieves and robbers do. What's the result of all the the work of these thieves and robbers out there? They come to, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. You know of those 30 men that have claimed to be the Messiah, each one of them have the same characteristics. They do harm to others by stealing from them, either stealing their money or whatever, and leading them to to death through things like mass suicide. And the ultimate destroyer that is behind all of that work is Satan himself. He is blinding the eyes of people from the truth of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And sometimes he's very evident. You see, oh, you see this cult that sprouts up and you know, within six months, they all commit mass suicide and, and they're all gone. And there's the destructive work of Satan. But remember, Satan can appear as an angel of light too. So sometimes he comes in and he's this beautiful church that builds worldwide and looks like a wonderful organization full of wonderful people, but yet they're being deceived. They're lost. They're deceived and, and they're, they're not knowing the truth about Jesus Christ. So he's cunning. Satan is cunning. And he comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. And he'll do that in any way he can. But when you know the Word of God, when you open the Word of God for yourself and you read it and you study it for yourself, like we're doing here, you're going to know the voice of the Lord. You're going to know the voice of our shepherd. You see, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. You see, Jesus here is giving such a beautiful illustration of his love. Someone that claims to want to lead people but takes off and leads them is someone that does not truly care for the people because he sees them not as his own, but simply as those he gets paid to lead. Jesus went to the greatest lengths to make us his own. He purchased us with his blood. Turn to Acts chapter 20, one book to the right of the Gospel of John here. Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul was a wonderful example of a man that cared for those that God gave to him to teach. And looking down at verse 26 of Acts chapter 20 here, Paul is speaking to a group of church elders. And he says to them in verse 26, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. 
For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among you, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. You see, before Jesus came on the scene, there were men that claimed to be the Messiah. After Jesus left the the scene, and during the time of the Apostle Paul, men men came claiming to be someone. And today there are false teachers and preachers leading people that just could care less about the spiritual well-being of the people in their congregations. They draw people away and make them disciples of men rather than followers of Jesus Christ. But you know, it's not just these religions that are out there doing this. You can turn on so-called Christian television and watch for hours people that all they care about is putting on a show and having you send them in your money. They too, in a sense, become like thieves and robbers because they're stealing from the local pastors that are spending their time actually teaching and caring for the flock that God has brought to them. It's the same thing with people that build these mega churches and try and and put their signs out everywhere and get upset if you build a church too close to them. It's not about that. It's not about us building our churches. It's not about us having, you know, large flocks of people around us. It's about people growing in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's about blind eyes being made to see like like we saw in the previous chapter. It's about people coming to Jesus Christ and being changed from the inside out. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 14, Paul says that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. And he said to the Corinthians, if we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing that we reap your material things? So you see, the local churches need to be supported. Those pastors that are actually teaching the word of God need to be supported. They they have a call from God to do that. But unfortunately, many men and women have perverted this and have given Christian leaders the appearance that they are greedy and nothing more than profiteers. And the end result of that is that the pastors and the elders of the church, the ones that are truly caring for the sheep, the ones that are truly loving them and and, and spending their time ministering to them, they're hurting and their needs are not being met because of this picture that has been painted of Christianity. And turning back to John chapter 10, Jesus is distinguishing himself from anyone and everyone. And he continues on in verse 14. And he says, I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. You see, even though Jesus is distinguished from all others, he has not distanced 
himself from us. To the contrary, he has made himself known to this world by coming into it and dying for the sin of the world. And still today, he is making himself known throughout the world by his Holy Spirit and to you and me personally throughout his holy word. Verse 16, Jesus goes on, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. So in the context of what we are reading here, Jesus is speaking to a group of Jews. He is their Messiah, but they are rejecting him. He came to them first, but they did not want to receive him. And here he is stating that he has other sheep that are not of this fold. They are not Jews. They are Gentiles. And as we read earlier in Acts chapter 15, the gospel of Jesus was not only for the Jews. God's plan was that the Gentiles would have the opportunity for salvation in Jesus Christ. And as Jesus says here in verse 16, there will be one flock and one shepherd. You see, there is no division within the true church of Jesus Christ. And the true church of Jesus Christ is not a church built by men and women. Today, man-made religion has divided people into all different groups. This is not God's way. It's man's way. God provided only one way, and that way is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the good shepherd the only leader of the church. So why do we have all this division then today in our world? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's to the right of where we are now, right after the book of Romans. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 1 through 7. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? You see, there should be no divisions within the body of Christ. But even way back in the days of the Apostle Paul, people were already dividing themselves up into groups. You know, this is a little bit backwards, but let's go to chapter 1 of uh, 1 Corinthians. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And we'll see what Paul is dealing with here. And uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 13. It says, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Cornwith, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all who in every place call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, both our, Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. So we see here that this letter is addressed to the Corinthians, right, from Paul and Sosthenes. 
But when we read this now, I encourage you to take it personally because that's how the Holy Spirit means for it to be. Look at verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Jesus Christ or by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. I love what's being said right here. We are enriched in everything as the testimony of Christ is confirmed in us. In other words, as the truth about Jesus Christ continues to get confirmed in our hearts and our knowledge of him grows, we are richly blessed. Look at verse 7. So that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, that's where we are right now. We're still waiting for the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we have a whole book in our Bibles called Revelation that tells us of all that is to come. But let's read verse 7 again, and then we'll continue right on. So that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's house, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So all of this division makes no sense, Paul's saying. There is no religion out there that has done for you what Jesus Christ has done for you. There is no man other than Jesus that died for your sins. So why do we become divided up into groups and religions? It is because we are carnal and not spiritual. We are not feeding on the truth of the Word of God, and thereby understanding that our lives are to be based on nothing but Jesus Christ and His Word alone. It's a sad thing, but from the days of the Corinthians to this present day, the same divisions still exist. Today people say, I am of abounding love. I am of such and such church. I go to John's church, to Bill's church, to Bob's church. I am a Baptist. I am a Catholic. I am this. I am that. But there is only one true church, and there is only one head of that church, and that is Jesus Christ. And there is only one true church, that it's, and it's not led by a man. It's made up of a group of people that have confirmed the knowledge of Jesus Christ in their innermost beings and have died to this world and have been born again. That's the church. That is the church of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus is the head. He is the good shepherd. He is the door. He is above all else. Let's turn back to John chapter 10. Jesus continues on in verse 17. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. You see, as we sit here today, we know the rest of the story. We know that they beat Jesus and that they hung him on a cross and that he died and that he rose again. But here we see that that was all God's plan. The father commanded Jesus to go through all of this, to call the lost sheep back into the fold. The shepherd became one of the sheep. He identified himself with humanity and showed us the way to eternal life. He himself is the way. And the place where all people need to come to receive everlasting life in the presence of God is through the door that is Jesus Christ. And he is the shepherd that leads us through that door as well. But the carnal nature of mankind loves division. And in verse 19 here, it says, Therefore, there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, He has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So here again, Another choice is presented to us in the Bible. Was Jesus a madman with a demon that we should not listen to? Or is he God in the flesh that opens the eyes of the physically as well as the spiritually blind and causes them to see and to know eternal life? Is she, you see, the good shepherd does not beat the sheep into submission. People always have a choice and a decision to make. They can forsake all else, including their man-made religions, and follow the Good Shepherd, or they can remain carnal and continue to live a life of division and strife. But Jesus gave all that he could to redeem us from this world, and someday he will reveal himself once again. But for now, the age of grace continues on. And whosoever will can come to Jesus and be set free and go in and out and find pasture, which speaks of that internal peace that Jesus Christ gives to you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you again, Lord, for your work. I pray your blessings upon all those that hear your word, Lord, that they will come to see Jesus and who he really is, to know him personally and intimately, to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of him. Lord, teach us your ways through your word, 
Give us a desire and a hunger for your word to know the truth about who you are because this life that we have here on this earth, Lord, is so temporary. Your word says it's like a vapor. It appears for a short while and and then it's gone. But Lord, eternity waits and you are the door through which we enter eternity. You are the good shepherd who has come and laid down your life and shown us the way. And you are that way. So Lord, open our blind eyes. Lord, remove the blindness of our hearts that, that, that we have maybe grown up in, Lord. The, the things that we thought about you that were, as we study your word, we're realizing it's just not true. Thank you, Lord, that you have not left us alone, that you have sent your Holy Spirit, who is the one that is teaching our hearts and renewing us in the spirits of our minds as we study your word. And we thank you and we praise you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless, guys and girls. Thanks for listening.